1: Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you as always by the wonderful Golding Accountancy, wearegolding.com. How are you? I hope you're good. I hope you found some light relief with the rain that we've had. I mean, I've been loving the summer. Obviously, it has been a little too hot for an unconditioned country, but I uh, I very much enjoy sunbathing. In fact, I'm renowned for how much I love sunbathing, which is quite ironic because I don't actually really tan that well, (laughs) because I have ginger skin, so I'm very freckly and just go kind of a deeper shade of red rather than a golden brown, but I will take what I can get and, you know, anyway, this week I met this lady at a party recently, she's a friend of a friend, and she mentioned that she was a squatter for 10 years. Sorry, I have the summer cold. Um, and just parted. And I was like, oh my God, I have to find out everything. So welcome to the podcast with the amazing person that I can't name because <laughs> she's worried people that she works with might listen to this and then decide she shouldn't be doing her job anymore, which is ridiculous because, well, anyway, that's the world we live in. But yeah.
0: yeah no look he's
2: nine Nine. he just turned nine and Chiara is 20 yes so yes I was just telling Nicole today the different parenting you know when she was young yeah when I had Chiara I was much younger I was pretty much a single parent yeah and uh I was like, I don't know. I used to take risks more. I didn't really think about nothing. It was just the two of us, off we go, go on these crazy adventures. But with Luca, Luca had it much later. And he's very much, oh no, we can't do this. Oh no, he can't go here. Oh no, I can't invite so and so to the house because he'll be like, yeah. So, yes. Time changes. When you had Chiara, when I had Chiara at 29. Okay. Yeah. So when I, and Luca, I was 40. I was in my 40. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a massive, massive difference. And when I had Chiara, I was still, you know, is, you know, I thought it was a, a, I thought it was a come down. I thought, oh, wow, this, this hangover is lasting a little bit too long. (laughs) And then like, it didn't even occur to me that maybe I could have been pregnant. I was like, nah, He's like, yeah. Oh
1: wow. So it was a complete surprise. Yeah. Mega. A <laughs> mega surprise. So
2: did you were you in a
1: relationship with the father or was it just a
2: Yes, no, I wasn't we were on and off. Okay. We'd been seeing each other for a year, but you know, our life was very much like, you know, we would used to party a lot. Yeah. And um You know, you never think you could ever get pregnant. It was like pregnancy. What is it? It's just, yeah. And there I was. So it's like, and we were, I just said, you know what? I think I'm ready. I'm not ready for a family, but I think I'm ready to, you know, to this adventure, to become a mom. So that was it. Yeah. Best thing, I mean.
1: Did it completely change your life?
2: It has. Yeah, massive. I mean, to start with, with, with uh, just before I think, when I was pregnant, when I found out I was pregnant of Chiara, I was squatting uh, in in Hackney. I was living in a community in Hackney, yeah, squatters. Um, I didn't really have a job. You know, I was just getting, you know, like I was doing little. I think I was doing market research at the time. Yeah. So just get enough money. To get by, to do what I needed to do, you yeah. know, because with squatting I didn't have to pay rent. Yeah, I didn't. It, it was just, yeah, this uh, party life. And then at care I Chiara was, like, oh my god, hold on a second here. I'm, I'm just about to have a baby. This baby, I've got nothing for this baby. Yeah. So, is we went, you know, I went you know, I, I, you know back then it was easy to easier to get social housing so I went yes. in a hostel and after a hostel I got rehoused, and I managed to you know to get give some security for Chiara but it was just crazy it is it, it was a be- beautiful experience but it was almost like a car crash all of a sudden I had yeah. to wow do it and uh, no she changed me for the best it was just put things into perspectives don't yeah. you with children but it was really difficult because at the time, all my friends were still parting. N- none of my friends had children, and so I just found really, really found myself being very isolated yes. with this child. And uh, you know, although I was living, you know, I, I was living on and off, well, in and out of hostels. I used to spend some time with her dad. Yeah, he was living in a shared house, and uh, we used to. I used to see people coming back from partying really early in the morning and then I was with a little baby, breastfeeding or doing... It was, yeah, it was... um, was, There were different, well, interesting times, i say. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and Amy, you know, you just wanted to find out how I arrived. Yeah, I want to know... My adventure. I want to know everything. So you're from Italy. Yes. Yeah. I'm from Italy from a village of uh, four hundred pound uh, four hundred pound four hundred people, yeah. and my village when I was young wasn't even on the map. So that's how small it was. Wow, whereabouts <laughs> yeah. in
1: Italy? Is it's it? in
2: northern, it, basically the nearest airport is uh, Verona. So uh, my nearest airport, yeah, North Italy, and it was a tiny, tiny village. where I went to school. My school was so small that they had to cram different class you know different year groups in the same so in my year group it was let's say year 1 year 2 and year 3 uh-huh. and teachers they used to fight to be put in that school because it was just teachers paradise yeah yeah hardly any children we used to have like breaks you know, going on pretty much all day long. I'm I'm surprised I can even speak or read or write, to be honest with you. It was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, tiny little village. So what was it like? Was it farming? Yeah. Yeah. It uh, was like a farming farms, town. Yeah. My mum, she um my dad was a painter and decorator. My mum had a shop. She was selling in, in the nearest my mum had a shop in the nearest village. And she she was selling um beauty. So she had a perfumery Okay. and um, yeah, so was me and my brother, so we went to school there. Then the school became too small. So we had to catch a minibus to the nearest village to go to secondary school. And then secondary school became too small and we had to go to higher, higher school, yeah. college an hour away. So we had to travel every day by coach to go to school. Yeah, and then when I finished, basically I did um, as my A levels, foreign languages and literature. Okay. So, the, because back then we we're talking about well, um, almost, how old was that? Thirty years ago, you didn't really have many, especially women, who just decided to leave and just go somewhere else. Usually, it was men that yeah. used to live, You know, for women, was still expected you stay in the village. You get a job, you get married, and you have children. Yeah. So after A-levels, I was like, you know what, Mum, I need to practice my English. You know, because without English nowadays, you can't do anything. So yeah. it was like that was like my little ticket. Yeah. To And I was like, oh, London, London. Yeah, London sounded, again, I didn't even know much about London, but it sounded good. They spoke English. It was I knew a few people that they've been to London and it sounded super cool. So I said, mom, I'm going to be able to go. The only compromise was you can only go if you if you if you want to be a, an au pair as a au pair. Right. OK. <laughs> so that my only compromise. So I said, OK, I'll go as an au pair. So we went. I went. I couldn't speak a word of English. I was 20 years old. Yeah. I packed my bags and. Off I went, never been on an airplane before. <laughs> yes, oh my God. Yeah, I've never been on an airplane before. I arrived in Gatwick and I didn't even understand. And I had to get to a village called Radlett. Have you heard of Radlett? Radlett is. Uh, in St. Albans, near St. Albans. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I need to get a village called Radlett. I had a, a luggage that was bigger than me. Yeah. You know, when you, I had everything in this huge uh-huh. luggage. And as soon as I arrived, I was, so I left, arrived in Gatwick. They told me, you need to find a train to go to Luton. So I finally, back and forth, I missed few trains, but I finally arrived in Radlett. <laughs> And I, this family, they picked me up. So I went to the, the house, and um, I was looking after two kids. It was a Jewish family. And, um, only, Amy, I'm uh, I'm not lying. They used to pay me 15 pounds a week. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, to do all the cleaning, to look after the children. Yeah, and even back then, 15 pounds. Wouldn't even get you, you know, a couple of drinks in the pub. Yes. Oh yeah. my God! Were they Italian? Yeah. No, they were Jewish and English. You know, like Jewish English family. But then, how did they communicate with you? Slowly, slowly, you know, like to, you, they were very basic. You know, clean. So I knew you were clean men, yeah. and he's like, and then I used to. Well, again, part of the deal was. I was gonna to go to an English, you know, to, to this uh, school right in, uh, the village to, in Radley to, you know, to to get my you know to learn English. I managed to fail that as well because I wasn't going to school. Obviously, yeah. we were just but I said, so slowly, slowly I, you know, I started getting it and I was hanging out with other au pairs. That's the thing. Going to school, I started meeting girls and um Bradley is such a small place and there was I think it was called the railway was a pub and then we used to meet there and uh, yeah meet the locals and uh, that's where it all started yeah yeah so I remember one evening one of the locals his name was I still remember his his name name, it's called Simon he said to me oh girls do you want to come to London we're going to a rave and I was like Yeah. And it was not that I knew much about raves because in my village, I was into more indie music. You know, I like The Cure. I like a bit of punk. Not rave music. I didn't even know what it was. So I went there and it was really odd because he took us to this house. in. I I remember, I don't have much memory of my past, but this was a night that I will never forget. It was a house in North Finchley. And to these people, much, much older group, and they were all part of this religious group, yeah, called the Sanyasin, and I was thinking, what's this? Where are we? I mean, and they were really, really lovely, and they were giving all these super, like, long hugs with deep breathing in your ears, and at one point I was like, I hope these nights ends up to a rave. Do you understand? It was yeah. all, like, very strange. Yeah. But it was... Yeah, and these... But these guys, they were just... They were just different. And, um, and they said, oh, let's go to... Let's all go now. The, my, this guy, Simon, from Radlet, he sorted everything out. So we just got on a taxi and we went to this rave. And the rave was in a place called The Rocket. Rocket was on Holloway Road and it was a club Attached to the University of North London oh. on Holloway Road. Yeah. And again, we were there, and was, it was standing next to this next to this guy called again Chitesh, it, because in this group they all changed their names, right? They are reborn. And he goes like, "I oh, have you ever taken one of any of these?" And I was like, "What are they? Can I be explicit in this? No, Can yeah, I just yeah yeah yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah?" And he goes like these are ecstasy, you know what, but I'd advise you just to take half now, see how it goes, and take another one, and I was like, okay, Amy, 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 it was like, it it was 12 hours of me, I must have taken the other half as well, because I don't know what happened, 12 hours of me, not even moving, going like this, for it and then the lights went on and I was like I mean we've just arrived I lost yeah. 12 hours of my life and it was just one of the best thing the best experience of my yeah. whole entire life <laughs> even talking to you I, mean, yeah. I just get goosebumps yeah. because it blew my mind and I was like oh my that's a the thing I was very very frazzled on how amazing this experience was and you yeah. know I went out with all my friends We were, like, oh my god that was so good and from then it was just we've got to do it again we've got to do it again we've got to do it yeah. and then we started going to raves every weekend and um what year t- was it In the 90s, I think it was 1992, it must have been in 19, so it was like still, and then through these, we started meeting people, that was like, oh, have you ever been to an illegal rave? No. So, with illegal raves, we used to you know, make phone calls. You know, back then there was like the information line. Again, I couldn't understand a word of English. It used to take me hours to get the address, you know, like <laughs> but I was to get through. I was to get the address, but nothing was going to stop us. You know, me and my little um, uh, au pair friends waiting outside of the telephone box. It was crazy. And through that, I started meeting people who were, in the squat scene. I mean, this now we're, we're going forward. This has been okay. By then, it, my contract as an au pair finished after three months. Yeah. They wanted to keep me there, but I said, oh, no, fine. Surprise. I've done my job here. <laughs> off you go. Yeah. And I started hanging around people I met in the pub. Yeah. And people that they've, you know, to me, they, again, I was so naive. Imagine my background growing up in a village where was the little house in the prairie Yeah. It's like, there was no malice, no nothing. Everyone was just, everyone knew each other. So there was no badness there. So even for me, I couldn't see any bad, badness in other people. And I met these people in the pub and they were like, oh, come and live with us, come and live with us. So I ended up living above the shops with these uh, people who were total, they were criminals, they were wrongings yes yes but again nothing ever happened to me because you know i maybe that was my the path i had to follow yeah so yeah and through them the, you know like I, I was free i wasn't an au pair anymore i was just free to do what i liked i went home i told my mum, mum, i'm not coming back anymore so she said, well, I'm not going to give you money. If you want to go back to the UK, you've got to earn your tickets and you've got to earn your money. So I worked as a postman in Italy in the morning and in a pub in the evening to make money. And I did make my money. Yeah. So I went back. By then, somehow, I was, date- I end- I was dating... Someone who was a lawyer. It is just in this I met at a rave someone that was a lawyer and he's you know, we became really good friends and he said, Whenever you want to come back to the UK, I can have you in my house. Yes, because I couldn't go back to Radlet, you know, like with yeah, those yeah, people. Yeah. They were good to me, but it's like I knew it wasn't the place to go back. So I went back to stay with this guy called Toby. That didn't, he was just my my little base and uh after that, again through Rave, I started meeting people who were squatting. I moved in a squat. And Where again. Was I moved... uh, Hackney. Okay. Yes, yeah, squatting in the nineties in Hackney. But then again, it was just. You, I, I don't know. I felt through squatting I belonged to some, some, to something. It was like yeah. our community and. Um, you know, everyone was coming, you know, there are lots of people from abroad like me or like lots of Irish, Australians, French, Spanish. And we were all similar age, all living together. And the people in the squat scene back then, they used to put on, you know, parties, you to break yeah. into buildings. And um, we used to have, um, yeah, we used to go and have well, rave for days. That was like our, that was our life. And you know, after having my first chat with you, Amy, I started thinking about it. I was—I started thinking, "Oh, what am I going to say?" You know, like ref- leaving my moments and reflecting of what had happened to me. And I can tell you that raving that night changed my life. Yeah. It—it it was like. There is more to life. I don't, it was just there is more to life than going back to the village. There is more to I want to stay here. I want to, I don't know, dance with all these people and just feel good about who I am, yeah. not being judged. It really did and, and and this is it. I was oh my god, English people know how to party. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh my god, I want to stay here forever. So I did, It did, did, and people that I met then, and we're talking about over 30 years ago, they're still, my friends, we're still like seeing each other, even at the birthday party where you came, the majority of them are people that I've met 30 years ago. Wow. So sharing these deep, deep experiences because yeah. it was deep. And he was, like, full on. It was a hardcore. Sometimes he was, like, wow, scrambled, completely, like, scrambled. But it's, like, the people I've met them, we're still, they're still my closest friends now yeah. these days. So what yeah. was,
1: when you went to the squat,
2: what was it like? What kind of building was it in? Okay, the first squat, the first house I squatted, it was me and few other girlfriends and it was just it was a house yeah the first was just a, a lovely little house um yeah and we made their home but then that didn't last too long it was to, to me, me and two other friends two girlfriends because we got evicted so we had to find somewhere else. And uh, the one after that, it was, um, we didn't know this, it was a house on Stanford Hill, And we found out later on that this house was used as a brothel. And, uh, yeah, the guy that was running a brothel was in prison for manslaughter. Yes, but when, uh, that was awful. But while we were squatting, This guy came out of prison, and the first place he came back to was the squad. It was like we were there, I was there with a few friends, we were in bed. This guy broke into our house, he was completely off his head. It was like, it it could have been crack. And uh, he just wanted to kick us all out from the house, and he was just—I thought I was going to die. I, I, honestly, I thought this is it. These guys going to do us all. My friend Carl was sleeping on the sofa. He got head butted. He lost all his front teeth. Oh yes. my god! Yeah, that really, really freaked me out. This is it. Like you know, living—you know, squatters—you know, like my life as a squatter was good let's say, he had happy memories attached to it, really good, met lots of friends, but there was a very, very dark side yeah. attached to it because you were in, you know, like in this in, 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 like this time we were living in a house and not knowing what had happened. We broke into this house and there were like lots of ladies um lingerie lots of, yeah, and there were lots of, <laughs> lots of sexy shoes you know lots of strange paintings on the wall but we didn't we didn't put the two I didn't put the two and two yeah. together and then someone told us and then this guy his name was Groover and he came in and was like do you know who I am I am Groover and he was like me and my friend from Nadine we were sitting on the bed and it was just because of, we were sharing by then we were yeah. all sharing bedroom. He sat on the bed. He got his crack pipe out, oh, and he started God. smoking. I was like, I was looking at her. He's like, you know what? This is it. And then somehow we started talking, and okay. I don't know what happened. Like he conven- we convinced him to just said to him, you can take whatever you like. Just take any of the bikes, take anything, and he just left. But then after that, he's like, we, we just left, you know, yeah. like, we can't stay here. Yeah. So we just went to other people's that they, they were squatting, squatting. And it was like, that's probably one of the most, I don't know, I mean, even nowadays, if I hear people outside of my house at night time, it's like, that's one of my biggest fear. Yeah. Being broken into or anything. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, we moved to another squat and uh, this other squat was a warehouse and again it was all like cool it was like the after parties you know we had decks there everyone you know we were all DJing there was downstairs, upstairs we were like days and days of partying but then again not people start going you know like it was in Hackney in the 90s still dodgy Yes, yeah. it was in the near a, a council estate and one night, I was in a house with this other guy, and we didn't want to go out, we were just, just chill. And um, a few kids knocked, they were like, oh, is there a party here tonight? And we said, no, 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 there's no party, we're just chilling tonight. And uh, they, I don't know what they wanted, but they, cl- they climbed through the window, and uh, we ended up with six lads in the house is like off, completely off their heads and then again I was like oh, I mean I, that was take it take whatever you want and they just wanted is there any drugs have you got any money if you go and then they ended up taking every single bit of music equipment we had they nicked all the sound system all the records and everything but glad that you know I was still yeah. I was still there yeah so it's how did did you have electric and water? Yes, we did because part of the the you know a part of this there was always so, I mean there was always someone there you know that you know there were like people who were like the experts so we had electricity we had water we had washing machines <laughs> we had it all oh, yes wow. and I remember talking to my friend in Italy and going oh my god in London you can even live in a house and you don't even have to pay rent I was like oh my god you know like and there are lots of abandoned houses because that was it that was it lots of abandoned building and uh, we used to go in and like make it all nice you know clean you know clean it I mean the way we squatted it wasn't if you know it wasn't like a crack house it was our home we used to go in you know work in the morning like come back in the evening have nice little dinner parties we used to invite our friends that they were squatting in other spots it was like yeah but you you were like living like out of a, a backpack because today you're in and the following week you, you could have been out yeah. looking for something else yeah how did you find the the places Well, I don't know, there were not so much, again, as as a community, there were people who were always looking out for empty buildings. So there were always people who knew if there was, uh, you know, if there was anything going or if there was an empty building. And back then in Hackney... Not that many people wanted to. I don't know, it was still, yeah. it was dodgy. Not many people yeah. wanted to live there. Yeah. And there were so many, I mean, we are, we've we never, I squatted for about 10, was it 10 years? No, maybe less, well, yeah, 10 years because then my daughter arrived in, in uh, 2002 and uh, I squatted pretty much up to then. And it was really easy to find Find a place we were never without a house, there was always a building or a room. People are going traveling, people coming, people going. There was always a room or a place to go and crash. Yeah, and so what
1: did you how often did you have parties? And did you have the parties at home, or did other people have parties?
2: Um, I mean, when we had the the, when we were living in the warehouse, the warehouse was the place, it was basically. Before we got all our sun system taken, it was, um, you know, the guy I was, to, I was living with, he was one of the people that used to put on parties. So we used to go to those parties and then people used to come back to our house after the party. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, yeah. And people never, you know, in your 20s, it's like you could party forever yeah yes yeah to the point I told you when I was pregnant when I, I got yeah. pregnant of Chiara I was like, mm, maybe I parted too hard yeah that's so,
1: so how yeah. pregnant were you when you
2: found out you were pregnant uh, but almost I mean what, maybe I mean I've I missed few periods so not that pregnant because yeah. I was like you know again when you're pregnant you're always feeling you're just about to come on isn't it you've got you yeah, get yeah. little cramps, I was I'm just about to come on and again I, I wasn't together enough to write it on my calendar or yeah. to keep track so I was like I reckon a couple a couple of of uh, of months and then yeah. all that shit let's do this pregnancy test and uh, no actually. Funny enough, two pregnancy tests came back negative. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I was like, "But it's not right. My tits are getting bigger, my belly is sore. Is there is a something? Maybe I'm ill. You know, yeah. a, maybe I'm ill. Maybe something." And I went to a clinic, and they did a test in the clinic, and it was positive. Then, so like all like, that. Ah! What can we do now? So well, where were you, so you were squatting when
1: you, did you get housed before you had her or did you wait till you had her?
2: No, I waited. I was in, um, I stayed in, in Davin is the, the, the father of, I stayed in Davin's house. but okay. He was living in a shared house, a big house. So I stayed there and it was only when I was ready that was, I've got to do this because this is not suitable. She was, she wasn't even, she, Karen must have been, uh, I don't know, four five months old okay. when I started, you know, it was a uh, hostel and then temporary accommodation and then uh, we were given a flat. Yeah. And uh, we were given a flat on the Kingsmead estate. Again, Kingsmead estate, it was so, so I don't know, you know, but, uh, again, I felt really lonely because I didn't have a family to guide me through I didn't I've got my family in Italy but my family in Italy so wanted me to go back and so wanted to take care but I knew that I was not going to be you know my life was in the UK I could have not gone back and I was prepared to do everything it took to you know to, to find you know to give some a shelter to my child and myself and just to make it work and it, it did work because after I had Chiara things changed massively you know our house beca- became our home and you know I didn't want anyone to come and and, yeah. and you know destroy what me and her had yeah so yeah so, so was the father involved yeah yeah Darren. yeah he was involved um but then the relationship didn't didn't work out is uh, but is even, you know, after you know, after when we decided you know, this was not gonna work, it's always been in our life. Yeah. So we managed to for the first we got housed, uh Carol, she was one and Darren lived with us for a little while and then we realized it wasn't that wasn't working, yeah. and um, he moved out. The house was mine, and the flat was mine and hers. And um, this is it. That's when I started. Okay, we need to. I need to do more for this child. So I did a few years after that. I decided to go back to university to study to get a degree. And um, yeah. So yeah, no, she did give me a direction, one hundred and ten percent. And I think. I also needed, in a way, that's why I allowed this new chapter to begin, because yes. after 10 years of living that life, it was, and although I said I was missing it, I think I, I, I've done I've done my contribution to the raving, to the <laughs> to, to raving. Yeah. And, uh, Do you, you think know,
1: if you hadn't had got pregnant, you would have carried on?
2: You you know what, I still ask myself that question because I do see there are still people who are still raving like they're they're in their 90s, uh, but there are people who do not have families. Um, They look 20 years older than they are now. Maybe they picked up an addiction or two. You know, they've got no teeth. They've got like the only thing they've got is like, and i want i I want to believe Amy <laughs> that I would have done something with my life, yeah, but then you don't but you really do not know because sometimes the wrong decision can lead you to to a path that you wish you never took, yeah, so it's like with Chiara, I was like, okay, as I said, I was ready. I was, I felt, as I said earlier, I felt a bit lonely because everyone kept, you know, partying and squatting and everything else. But I had my, I had her, and it was just the two of us pretty much against the world. And it was just, I felt, you know, again, even, you know, when the weekends when she was with her dad, I still go out, I still met up with friends, but I knew that by this time, I had to be home. I had to be refreshed. I had to be, you know, ready. Yeah. To, you know, like ready, you know, with the, uh, food cooked. With, the, you know, because she was coming home. Yeah. And that was like, you know, okay, that was gave me boundaries and that gave yeah. gave structure. And um, I've always, you know, stuck to that because again, my, uh, you know, I came from a very very strict Catholic upbringing where, you know, like the mom has to do everything. The mom has to, so it is, and you, you have to provide for you, which is amazing. It is now I'm thankful for this because I've always been a very mumsy mom. You know, I'm the mom, even now I just, she's 20, but I cook for everyone. I just, I, I watch for everyone. This is, but yeah is um it's been a very 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 interesting journey, considering i never you know i i didn't even know i i didn't know anything nothing i just didn't i i you know it's like i didn't wake up one day and i said, you know what i'm gonna go and do this because i heard of this it's like no I just went to the u k to learn how to speak english but you, you must have had something in you to
1: want to come. And, like, when that guy invited to the, you to the rave that night, you weren't
2: thinking, oh, I don't know, If you you were like, oh, yes. Yes, you know <laughs> what, funny everything? you said that, yes. <laughs> when I was younger, I've always felt different. Like, the, the, you know, I, I knew I was never going to, you know, I, I knew my reality was a bit too tight for me. Yeah. You know, it's like little things, you know, I've always wanted my hair of a different color. I wanted to be able to speak a different language. I wanted to, you know, as a as a little girl, I wanted to be at an aerostess because back then it was cool. Yeah. You know, I would I want <laughs> to travel the world and but at the same time I so just started this adventure with total naivety. I was like, wow. And being different in London, you can all, always find your little group of different people that they're similar to you. Yeah. And it's just and I've always said, I think, you know, have you watched the, the cartoon Soul? 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 It's like a lovely yes. animation. Yes. yes. Yeah. You know, where souls, they get sent on earth. And even before watching this cartoon i've always I've always thought, when it was my time to be sent, I think I was accidentally put sent to Italy, because when I came to London, I felt home. It was like, "Oh my God is uh, you know being different is not." But being being different yeah. is not something to be ashamed of. Yeah. Being different is something that you've got to embrace and you've got to be proud for who you are. Yeah, It's amazing. And I did understand, I mean, I come, my mum, my she was strong, but my uh, my dad, I come from, you know, family where my dad had lots of issues. He was an alcoholic and it was like um, lots of shame. As yes. a family, yeah. we were really we were really judged. We were really, um, as kids, we were never allowed to invite anyone at the house in case my dad had been too off his head. Yeah. So it was like I've always been, uh, you know, I never feel I've never been happy in my own house, and I've I've always had this sense of I've always felt judged because of. Everything. Maybe that's also an, an, uh, an element of me wanting to escape yeah, and to start from fresh. Because when I arrived in the UK, I did feel happy in my own house. There was no drama, no yeah. nothing. It was just us having a laugh. And I was oh, my God, you can have a happy life. You can live with happy people. And um, again, I also understand addiction. There's that yeah. like being an addict. Doesn't mean being a, p- a bad person. It just yeah. means making the wrong a wrong decision that sometimes can cost you. Yeah, a, you know f- everything. So it was, um, yeah. So that these are the the, the things that maybe they met me. And London wasn't too far. It was yeah. in New York. My mom could okay an hour and a half. It's yeah. okay. I can be a, an an pair for a Jewish family. It's I love that. So yeah. it was just yeah. So is um, do you go yeah. back and see them? Yes, I yeah. do, it's especially since after having the children, it's, yeah. it's really important for them to identify. Because again, my daughter she's half Italian, dad is uh, Irish, and dad, uh, uh, dad sorry, is half Irish and half Indian, so he doesn't really identify with uh, It doesn't really identify with with much because he's a Londoner, and um, again with Luca, Luca is my, Luca, my husband is uh, half Irish, half Iraqi, so even then, there is a lack of, you know, he doesn't identify as an Iraqi, because obviously Iraqis, and or Irish, because he grew up in London, so for my kids, they do identify as uh, Italian, so if you ask them, they are Italian, Oh, yes, wow. yeah, and they love going and spending time in the village because now the village is cool, you yeah. know it's to them you can just yeah. be out all day, there is nothing to be worried about. there are any cars, there are no no drugs, no criminals. It's just pure bliss. Someone called it um our oasis of happiness, and I can yeah. see it now. But no, then, yeah, then it was yeah. just, pff, I need to get, I need to yeah. escape. Yeah. I and mean, it was just too much. You know, there's a the thing, I get too many things lined up for me. Yeah. that. Yeah, and, you know, I, I travelled the world as well after Chiara. It's oh, just, really? Yeah. Yeah, again, part of the squatting community. It was just, you work, you save, because you didn't have any... Um, you didn't have any um, any you know you didn't sign any contract to stay yeah. here, in your place so before I had Kiara I went for a year Asia which have all around Asia we went to um Australia we were in Thailand for the millennium between 1999 and 2000 oh, wow. it was yes this is, I had so many things lined up I do believe I do believe that. This is is uh, okay. They say that you've got to choose your path, but something is you've got someone or something that takes you there, so yeah. And I would have missed out so much if I decided to stay home.
1: But do you what would you think would have happened to you if you had if you'd not left there? Do you think you would have exploded? Do you think you might have turned to drink, maybe to deal with
2: it? Maybe. Because I would have not had, um, I mean, again, my future there was to get married, stay in an unhappy relationship because people, they do suck it up still and they live in, you know, they are in a really, really unhappy relationship and maybe turn to alcohol, yes? Because there was, you know, it's crazy. There is one bus, one coach that goes in my village at uh, uh, six fifty, goes into the you know the main city uh and comes back at one. That's it. And that's it. <laughs> so everyone is forced to get a driving license so by the age of eighteen. Everyone, jo- everyone, yeah, drives. Or you move around with like little well when I was yeah I was driving by the age of eighteen, because if you want to go and do a few things outside of the village, yeah, wow. one is uh, yes, and there are people of my age that they've still they're still there they haven't left they've they've met people from the village, and they look. Uh, f- Maybe they they look 20 years older. There is no uh, spark to get yourself, you know, dressed up or just wear what you like and do again because you're very judged. Women, they're still, um, you know, you go to local bars and women are still sitting on one table and men, they are on the other table, yes. Yeah, and then women, they leave. To make dinner or to prepare for the men. And men, if they're not too hammered, they go home and eat. Or if they're too pissed, they continue. And the women, they're there, waiting for them to come back. (laughs) Yes, it's crazy. Crazy. You don't even think this thing would happen. And it's like, Italy is not even that far. Italy is not even that far. I think it still happens here, to be honest. In small villages, yeah. So it's very stereotypical, very, very conservative and yeah. it's just you no know, not for me. Not for me. Wow. Yes.
1: yes. So uh, after so you went back to university, what did you do at university? I
2: did, did a uh, degree in psychology. Oh, uh so, yeah. Wow. Yes. And again because I wanted to I just wanted to give my, my daughter Uh. well it was to give Chiara a better future, but also after spending so many years, like, mushing my brains up, I just wanted to prove myself I wasn't completely a mashed potato, you know, so I was like, I went, I did it, I did it well, and, um, yeah, that's, that's when I started working in education, Yeah, and... Uh, and I think is they are my experiences. This is the life I lived. That uh, you know, this is why I feel really connected to the children. Yeah. And uh, the job I do is um, I am the adult. You know, I, I am. I don't. I'm not their parent, but I'm. You know, but I can give them grown up advice be, without sounding too patronizing or just purely for their benefit. Yeah. And um yes, and I do love my job. I just I, I, I love it. And um again, if if I if I didn't do what I did, if I didn't have KRI, if I didn't have I probably I wouldn't I wouldn't be as helpful as I am now at work. Do you think 'cause I I partied and I knew that I had
1: to stop partying. And I was like, I need to have a baby bay. Okay. <laughs> because I knew then I'd stop. Because yeah. I had to have a reason other than
2: wanting to stop. To stop. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um. But for me it was the opposite. Yeah. I would not the opposite, but I was still loving, raving, love. That was my full-time occupation. Yeah. It was like I used to work to pay for my party life you know it was just and and uh, I mean I mean I said I was ready to become a mom that's what I'm saying now but it wasn't like I was like oh my god am I ready for I really did doubt about you know I don't know if I was able to Stop. stop if I was able to being a good mom, if I was able to be a good role model because also through squatting to the lifestyle I decided to have, I also met people who weren't the type of parent I would have liked to be for my own, yeah, you know there were people that used to bring children to parties it's like I remember one night ending up with this little boy, the boy must have been one it was a freezing night in a in a in a warehouse in Hackney and this woman said to me, Oh, do you mind looking after this baby looking after my baby while I go, I can not remember and I'm there, like, looking after this baby. Put it I put him under my, my coat and thinking, This is fucked up.
1: Yeah.
2: This is wrong. This baby should be at home. It yeah. should be, you know, looked after, not here with music that could burst his ear yeah. eardrums and he's like an any and also in in the party scene it was like you know when you go to clubs there are ser- people get searched if you look too going on people they can turn your you know yeah. they can say no you're not coming in and on, on the rave scene anybody anyone yeah. was allowed in so there were also, it was also full of wrongings. Yeah. And and at that moment, I was thinking, if I was someone like uh, crazy,
1: yeah.
2: I could do anything to yeah. this baby. Yeah. You know, it's like all these. Uh, and say so when I, had care, I was like, I went through and I was like, you know what? I've been brought, despite my dad, I've been brought up. Well, my mom showed me that. If, you know you can be a strong person and raise your children right yeah although you you know you live with with someone who's battling with their with their addiction and yeah. and it was fine the moment she arrived it was like right yeah. that's it let's do it is uh, you know they become you know they're your life you yeah. just don't don't exist anymore
1: yeah and yeah.
2: is uh, and again and because I wasn't with the dad. I was allowed every other weekend to still continue my yeah. my life. Yeah. You know, I like still go with my friends and do whatever I wanted. But I knew that my house needed to be tidy. As I told you, fridge full, yeah. cl- cl- clean, closer to be clean. And just be, when she came back, I didn't want to look a total mess. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, but it was, uh, it was just, wow. What am I doing with the... We don't want I to say I, I, I went to few parties pregnant without just being like, and I was like, nah, that's not for me. it's not for me. It was yeah. a bit too crazy when you are sober, yeah. when you, you actually realize, you see how dark it can be. Yeah. It was all fun in your 20s, all fun, it's all like, but then when you go there again, super sober with something to protect is just, nah. Yeah. Is uh, is uh, And you know what? I have not been, and I've got no intention. I haven't been back to um, an illegal rave in, I can't even tell you when was the last thing. I've got no, Oh, yeah. really? I was going to ask yeah. if, you, if you've ever gone back. No. And it's almost like I lived it. I loved it. I lived it. Yeah. But now is just is uh, some is someone else is. there. I let the young people to do all all the jiggling about. I yeah. love going to festivals. Festivals are lovely. I like the vibe. I like it's yeah. nice. I can bring the kids with me. But um, I, I, I don't know. I think probably now. I'm too. I feel old now, to be honest with you, to go to to to, to a rave, and yeah. I re- and the thought of having young people probably looking at me and thinking, what the fuck is she doing here? She's probably one of those lostettes. Is like, no <laughs> <Yeah>. thanks, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, there's no. I yeah, think there's a difference
1: my... between people you know putting on a party, yes, as yeah. to going to like what the equivalent of what you live through is now yes oh, yeah yeah yes.
2: and there, and also is like you know at at my age i like to go to a clean toilet yeah. or like, you know i might need to go to the toilet 20 times a night yeah you go to a party and you've got to be prepared as disgusting as it sounds to pee in the corner of a warehouse yeah yeah there are no toilets so you just need to do what you've got to do there surrounded by i mean you don't even see was there but yeah. it just you know is is my time As a raver, if I've I've got beautiful, beautiful memories, is uh, okay. That's it. You can't go back, you can't because it doesn't exist anymore, does it? It's this is it, yes.
1: Nice memories, yeah.
2: I feel a little bit nostalgic when I think about it because if you ask me if you could turn back time, where would you like to go? And Amy, without hesitation, yeah, it will be in a warehouse, yeah. Sometimes in the nineties, like dancing and uh, hugging people, dancing and sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as I said, this is it. This past now is just. I've got now next chapter is maybe become a grandmother. Yes, well,
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm envious of. I never did any illegal raves. I did raving, but it was not. I never. I never did anything like that. It's very yeah. interesting to hear about it. How many people were at the raves? Would it
2: up uh, thousands? Really? Like, yeah. Some warehouses were. Uh, I mean, must mass- huge. I don't even know, but there were like some of the raves were so big that you could spend the entire. If you lost your friend, which happened every single time, <laughs> you could spend. The entire night, looking some, pe- some in in some some raves they had, I don't know five six different sound systems in the same wow. warehouses. Because then there was like outside inside. Yes, it was crazy, wow. crazy. Yes, and there was like so much passion. Like people like devoting their life, putting all their savings. Into getting, you know, the the run sound system and a van to transport it, yeah, and it yeah. was just, it was donation at the door. It was just, yeah, like thousands of people. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I remember once we went to. Have you ever heard of Exodus? Exodus was yes. in Luton.
1: Yeah
2: And even that, it was like it was a no illegal rave in in a quarry, and it was just, again thousands of people it was just an arena it was like oh my god there was like a convoy so we all had to meet at this point and just you know and then the cars and then the truck left and all the car it was like i think it might have been maybe a bit midnight so like people were not around and we just went yeah on a convoy and convoy and we just ended up in this place and it was just amazing amazing
1: do you know just coming to get a charger
2: she looks like she's been at a squat rave <laughs> but yes but again even actually talking about what people were wearing back then it was like we all had shaved heads there oh, was really? like almost like strip yourself off yeah. your Everyone had to look, everyone pretty much looked the same. So it's like shaved heads, baggy trousers, baggy T-shirt. I'm I'm thinking if the body, if I have now the body that I had then, I would just treat it with so much more respect. Then he was like, cover, cover, cover. I look like a little boy because he was like, you just, I mean, in a way it's good because you just... Everyone looked the same. Yeah. You know, you were not looked, oh, wow. You know, you, you were not wearing sexy clothes or you were not, you didn't make yourself, you know, too. But yes, all, majority of the girls shaved heads or like dreads or like, yeah. yes. Yeah, piercings everywhere is, uh, yeah. What was the music? Stick. Techno. Techno. Yeah, it was techno. We went to few, again, living in Hackney we ended up to a few jungle raves Uh, but jungle raves were not our scene and to be totally honest with you I felt slightly intimidated because it was just not my people you know when we used to go to squat parties was all every all your friends like were there let you know like now you meet your friends at the bar back then we used to let's go to we'll meet you at the party so everyone you knew was there, and with jungle rave there was lots of lo- lots of cocaine and lots of crack, and it was just
1: yeah. a bit
2: too much. For the vibe was a little bit too intense for yes. me. Now I get so,
1: that.
2: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't as fluffy. I I didn't find it as fluffy as. Yeah. Uh, but then again, even at um, squat raves, you know, we started off. Is uh, Juno still here? No, no, no. Uh, we started off with you know all happy raves, and and then drugs started you know creeping in different drugs like ketamine and is like you know and uh, it started changing yeah the vibe of uh of the probably maybe yeah and all synthetic drugs is like mollies and all these crazy things and it started becoming a little bit different and yeah. not enjoyable as much yeah yeah yes yeah it definitely
1: took because mm-hmm. i did I remember the first time I ever did a peel, and that would have been probably around 1992, actually. Ooh! <laughs> so, yeah, it would have been about 1992, and it was just, oh, my God, it was just the most amazing thing ever. I think. But the, it, they just changed so
2: much, didn't they? Just the quality and the... Yes, and, and you know, I've got to be honest, I think last time when was that? Maybe three, four years ago was it at a, at a festival and I, I took a little bit but it just didn't, I, it, I didn't enjoy it. I was like, oh, this is, is uh, I had to accept. I wanted to try to see like if I could like, yeah. yeah, but I was like, so disappointed. I was like, this is it. I really, really felt so sad. Yeah. I mean, it's not um, going to yeah. be the same anymore. So just, just a few drinks, man. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. and that's it. And jiggle about because he's not going to go any further than that. That's it. You're never gonna, you're never gonna relive
1: that anyway, because that was a different part of your life and you were a different yes. person. But I think the drugs are definitely
2: not as good as they used to be. Yes, <laughs> you know. And I, and... Uh, yes, yeah. So it's just no nah, thanks. Yeah. Even when I go to festival, it's just not, I Just like having few drinks, I like having, you know, drinking. But again. This, yeah. is, this is that's a different. Go to bed by midnight yeah. to a push. You know, if I have to push myself, and this is it, and I wake up fresh the following day, and yes. this is it. Yeah. So life has changed. For the is this good. it's good that yeah, is. I've nice. been worried, and now it's like the good thing about us having parted is I could be very. I, I could be really honest with my daughter. Yes. You know because you know what can happen in London and uh, you know few few years ago it's like she started when she started secondary school we had to say to her you know you might be invited now to parties and people might offering you things and he's like and rather than say don't do this don't do that you've got to, to be prepared to the fact that she might want to experiment and yeah. rather than You've got to educate them on on the best or the safest way for them to to approach. And, you know, funny enough, because, again, when we were young, although I never took took her to festivals and she's met all my friends, she's also seen what drugs can do to you. And I know that she has experimented, but she's you know she's so much more mature the reason she's not rebelling against anything she's yeah. you know she prefers meeting her friend for brunch <laughs> you know they go yeah. for brunch they get herself all like dolled up they yeah. go they might go to a few little clubs and yeah. which is super super sweet yeah but i think is also as like she's seen yeah. what could go wrong yeah and um and he's good. And also, we talk. You know, with, with me and, and my husband, we've had very, very honest conversations with her. Yeah.
1: I think that's yeah. the best. I think honesty is the best policy.
2: Yes.
1: You can't. The more you tell kids not to do something, the more they're going to do it. And I think it's, it's best if they've got if they're educated on what they're about to get into or whatever. Then hopefully they'll make the best choices for. Yes. You know, but yes. I there's no point just saying, don't ever do that and not telling them anything
2: about it. Because this is it. It's everywhere, isn't it? It's I know. It's everywhere, so. I know. Especially in a city like London is just, so, so Is is uh, it was uh, scary. You know, now with Kara, she's 20, hopefully. Yeah. You know, she's not going to, and especially like live the life I lived. I can say yeah, me, in it that I've been really, 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 really lucky. To have come out of this crazy life the way I did, yeah. because again there was no, you know, there were people, you know, like I could have been, you know, I was at squat parties and people smoking crack and say to me, oh, do you yeah. want a pie? Yeah, yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. And if I'd say, if I imagine, if I'd said yes, yeah, I could have just, or, you know, or in a squat with addicts where it's just, oh, you know, people smoking also, you know, like heroin or is that yeah, that's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like and, and when you're young, you don't even you know, it just can happen yeah. like this you think is funny or you think you're just trying something different, but before you know it, it can be it can be fatal. It can be yeah. something yeah, so I, He's, uh, he, he's, he's fine, again, he's, maybe having Chiara was, you know, now you, you can choose to have a child or not, so it was like the choice I've made, yeah. probably for the best. Yeah. And, um, yes. Oh, so, thank yeah. you so much. I really oh. enjoyed that. Oh, thank you. You know, when I was like, uh, oh, my God, what am I going to tell him? I said, I uh, just saw Nicole, <laughs> I saw Nicole. And, uh, you know, he's, again, typical me. You know, the only time, the first time I've ever heard of the word podcast was when you did with Nicole. So it was. Oh, a, let me let me yes. listen to Nicole. You know, it was like, it was like I'm actually doing a podcast last night. I was there with my headphones, listening to all the podcasts you've done because the oh, like woman really? got to be prepared
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had someone message me actually. She's got a kid with autism,
0: and oh. she went
1: on my friend's podcast, and she just messaged me to say that she'd like to come on and i was like yeah that's brilliant and then she messaged again so now i'm really freaking out (laughs) and i was like
2: don't it's fine it's just a chat it's just a chat it's lovely and you know what it's just nice nice to to talk about even for the other even for me is i mean i think i'm gonna share this with some you know but some people they said oh you know like my friends they want to hear but some of my closest friends or people that I've met later on in life, they never even heard about yeah. this side of my life. Yeah. Because these, you know, again, we are all open, and we know that raving, to me, is okay. It's like, but there are still people who think that raving, and da 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 is yeah, yeah. it's bad. It was, you know, it's... So I've got I had to be, even when I get carried away at work about, you know, not when you hear people, I've got to be careful what I say, because I steal illegal drugs and all that stuff, but it was just, you know, when you're 20, you're supposed to have fun. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I
1: just said, alcohol is the worst thing, and it's, people are so addicted to it, and it's just such a, oh, it's fine, because it's just drink, but then, the moment they hear about anything that is, you know, not legalized they're like it's the devil it's the worst thing yes I honestly I mean I don't I wouldn't want to push drugs on anyone but I had plenty of time I loved taking pills I had wonderful times nothing bad ever happened to me nothing bad ever happened
0: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: To anyone that I was with, we were very yeah. sensible, we were in safe environments. Yes. I just think if they legalised drugs... Yeah. ...they'd make loads of money out of it. Yes. People would be much safer. Yes. You know, yes. it, just, it yes. uh, would much... The drugs I took did far less damage to me than the alcohol that I drank. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yes. You know. Yes. I, had, I think there's a you... time and place. And
2: Yes. And as you said, it's true. It's like, people can come. I know I've got colleagues of mine that they're like full on anti, anti-drugs. Like, they don't smoke, they don't n- nothing. But they they happily drink one, two, three glasses of wine every single night when they come back from work while they're cooking to wind down yeah I mean three glasses of wine would get me paralytic yeah you know I don't you know I don't I'm not a drinker I do drink when I'm out but is I I don't I don't I don't drink drink. it on on my own would get me so smashed yeah same same so it's just you know but again if you do drink it every day like my thing is like once in a while I in, in the summer I like my beer my little yeah. beers. But if I drank one beer every evening, the th- let's say for two, three evenings in a row, the fourth evening, the first thing I want to do is to drink that beer. Yeah. So he's like, this is it. So he's like, I drink it for, you know, that's my little thing. And then that has to stop. Yeah. Because he's, uh, yeah. So you now I was saying he's been so, 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 so <laughs> loved. Please. You're so lovely. lovely. Hi. Yes. Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed that.
1: I am very much looking forward to seeing her again soon and catching up. She's so wonderful, and what an what an experience. I just I still couldn't get over her coming from a tiny, very religious, remote village in Italy and taking a pill in a warehouse rave in London. I mean i know from my own experience about how my mind was blown but for someone who came from such a kind of secluded existence to that i just yeah what a story i'm so sorry i hope you enjoyed it if you have any guest suggestions please get in touch or if you'd like to come on i love talking to people let me know please subscribe please share the podcast Have a lovely day, take care of yourself and each other, stay safe, stay sane, big love
2: and I will see you next week.